Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. All right. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. We are here with Monica Snyder. You guys remember her? I hope you do. I had a really awkward moment when we first hopped in where I was like, hey, are you in somebody, are you like in Costa Rica or something? She's like, no, totally, totally had two women who do something very similar. You even look the same, which is kind of funny to me. Totally was like, all prepped for that other lady. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Monica. Why am I so dumb? Anyways, Monica, super excited to have you here, especially after our conversation. Monica is the rock star when it comes to copywriting and especially when it comes to email marketing. And I'm really excited to dive into what she does over at Birdsong. This is such a great company. They do a fantastic job at email copywriting in particular. So Monica, I'm excited to kind of dive into what's been happening for you over the past couple of years as you're a part of this new series where we're following up and actually practicing what we preach. So first off, say what's up to everybody. We'll hop in. Hello, everybody. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, super excited to share the stories and give you guys the goods. <laughs> well, and you know, if you come back, it's because you're one of my favorites. So Aww, thank um, you. That's, why we, that's why we bring you back in, right? People loved your last episode. So I'm excited to dive into it today. So Monica, when we were first starting our conversation, you were talking about a statistic. I want you to share a statistic and then your story behind it, because I thought it was so intriguing. Yes. So I just found out that 61% of people that do not open your emails, stay subscribed to your email list because they expect to do some business with you in the future. So they want your emails. They want them in your inbox. They're just not quite ready to open them. And I was like blown away by that statistic because I was like, is that really true? Because I didn't think it was true. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, I kind of do that with some certain people. And I put it on my personal Facebook well, because I wanted to get a mix of, you know, the people that are in the industry that I work with, plus my hometown friends that are not marketers at all. Right. <laughs> and they all came back and said, yes, I was floored. I think two people said, no, I unsubscribed from everything, but like, over... you're a stick in the mud. Nobody wants to work with you anyways. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But like over 50 people came and said, yes. And of course I couldn't leave it at that. Right. I had to find out why. I was like, why, why do you do this? And I got back several answers. One was just, you know, I am subscribed and I'm waiting for the right timing to buy. And I had another person though, that really, I didn't even expect this. She told me she's from my hometown, not a marketer. She said that her IT department trained her to not open emails, but instead to go to the website because emails and phishing are such a problem that can't be controlled to just not even open the email and go directly to the website. And that blew my mind. I was like, oh. I didn't realize that there were people out there training like these other people to like not even open emails. So um, <laughs> I found that like mind blowing. So I, well, I wanted to share it. I'm glad you did because this is one of the, and when you first mentioned it, I'm like, I want to ask this and tell this too, because I a hundred percent believe that the ecosystem has changed and everybody attributes it to being, oh, it's because of COVID and whatnot, right? Which is the big bed swear we're not supposed to say. So please don't kick me off YouTube. But if you look at it this way, it, it wasn't COVID. It was the fact that there has been a shift in the market where social media companies and other marketers have done such a good job of spamming you, to be quite honest, with ads that you've become used to being advertised to, people don't get offended by it anymore. And like you said, I'm like, I keep a huge list of subscriptions or whatever people sending me emails because you're right. One day I'm like, maybe they're going to have a product I'm interested in, right? Or sometimes I just like to spy on their copywriting. What are they doing? You know? And I'm just a marketer, but my wife does the same thing and she does not have anything to do with business, right? 
but she has certain people she follows and she's like, I've never bought anything from them, but I'm like, well, why do you keep your emails? So maybe they'll have a good deal or something on something in the future. Right. So I completely agree with that. And I bet you the number will continue to grow to be a heavy percentage of people. So the, the question then, like it begs the question of at what point do they decide to buy? Right. Because yes. if they're not opening the email, they're never going to buy. So how are you, how are you bridging that gap? With subject lines. That was the number one answer was the subject line. And actually what was interesting is that the non-marketing people called it the headline. So they used a different word for it. Right. And I, I find that fascinating because words matter, especially in copywriting, but the headline or the subject line is by far the number one thing. And the second thing was the timing. So, right. If you're getting something from your favorite retailer and you know, it's not the time for you to buy new shoes or whatever it is, then you're not going to open it. But as soon as you are ready to buy new shoes, then that inbox is where people go. And I thought that that was really interesting. So work on curiosity driven subject lines. Those are the best openers for me, the best openers for my clients. And just adding that little touch of curiosity gets people to open, which I know was true for you too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to actually kind of go back and forth on this because as most of you know, because you're on my email list, I'm the most inconsistent emailer because I actually don't outsource that. I'm, like, I'm going to write this myself. I probably should outsource it and have somebody like stay consistent with you guys. But if I want you all to do this, open your email and search my email in it and look at the subject line because nine out of the 10 emails in there will say quick question. That subject line, you all open it. So I just keep doing it. <laughs> um, yes. I get an open rate. The other thing, and so I'm in B2B, I'm in the B2B space. We work with businesses. And what we found is that if I try to give like, here's like three tips or whatever, or like, here's this, you know, it, when it's obvious that it has nothing to do with them personally, they're never going to open it. So I always make it the headline more of a, hey, I was thinking about you. Or like, hey, I saw, I'd like to connect you with this person or something. Those sort of subject lines, they always get opened because it's more personal. It's something that I would actually say to somebody instead of, look at these 10 ways that podcasting will help you grow your business. Like, nobody cares, right? Maybe they care, they're not going to open it. Right. So I'm curious for you, like, do you find that that's the way that headlines work? Because if so, I'm going to pat myself on the back, like, wow, I just pulled that out of my butt. So, Well, it depends on your audience. So if your audience is more sophisticated, then quick question and introductions are very, very helpful. But if your audience is full of more people new to the space, then they still want those 10 tips, right? right? Because they don't know what they don't know. And, but the people who know what they know, they're like, yeah, I don't care about what you know, because I already know what I know. Right. Right. And so <laughs> and I know more than you. So, <laughs> right. And so like, why are you in my inbox with this? Right. And, or they're just going to open it out of professional curiosity of like, what are you telling people? And am I telling people the same thing? Or are we different? Right. But if you took those 10 tips and you said, you know, the surprising thing I wasn't sure about is inside, then you can tell your 10 tips with both of those audiences, right? And so I think it's really, you know, copywriting kind of one-on-one, know who you're speaking to. And if your email list is full of all kinds of people, then more curiosity will get more opens. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if it has to do with the way you build your list too, because for me, my email list is built of people I have had a conversation with, or they I've spoken at an event. So I've created some sort of memorable experience where they can, they'll know who I am, even if I email them six months later, right? Because we had a personal connection or they'll be like, oh yeah, Josh, I totally forgot about him. Cause they'll Google me or something. But oh yeah, I've had a conversation with this guy where, cause like people are constantly telling me I should be emailing three times a week, right. Or daily or whatever. Right. And you might be in that same, that same boat. And I'm just kind of curious would that be overkill for an audience like mine where they prefer or they recognize me when I send an email? Well, it depends on your goals with the email marketing, right? So yeah. 
your email marketing is working for you because whatever your goal is, right? But if you're trying to get more people to listen or buy something or that, then yes, the more frequently you email, the more money you will make. I've never not seen that be true. So yeah. So it depends on your goals. If your goal is to get more listens, by the way, if you would just, you know, email every week and then whatever that person wants to hear about, right. They're going to open that and listen to your podcast because they're going to get the notification through email rather than whatever way, right. If they're subscribed or whatever, but you have people that are subscribed in one place, but not in another. So it's just a nice blanket if you want more listeners, but if you want to drive more revenue, get in the inbox more. Love that. I'm writing down an idea here. So I don't forget it. Okay. You're sparking all kinds of good ideas here. So I'm excited to keep this conversation rolling. <laughs> so I was like brilliant ideas. I'm like, I've got to get this on paper. Okay. So I agree with you entirely, especially when it comes to the frequency. And that's why I'm like, I know I should be emailing more. The cadence I know is the number one thing that people, oh, I don't want to annoy people. I'm not really concerned about annoying people, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. My concern is if I email them so much, they're just going to stop opening them. And I'm not like actively growing my email list every day, which I should be doing again. So I'm like, for somebody in the B2B space who probably already has a decent sized list, right? Because most of our listeners do, where would you recommend that they would be like, it's good cadence for them? Again, you know, it's going to be able to, it depends answers. I understand that. But what would you say is like a good general rule of thumb for that? Minimum once a week. That's what I recommend is at least one time and try to keep that one consistent. Because if your audience knows that you're going to consistently show up in the same place, you know, every time they're going to learn to trust you more consistency equals trust. Love it. Love it. And I would, I would agree with that entirely. I it's interesting because like in my space, right. I I like to spend a my space, not my space, the website. (laughs) I have found that there's kind of the networkers, right. The people who are like, they're going to send you 15 different things. They're going to have tons of touch points with you and everything. I've never found that I've needed that to keep a relationship going. It's just like once a year, if I reach out to you with something really valuable, like, hey, here's a guest for your show, or here's a show for you to go on, or I'm going to this event, you should totally come, we can meet each other. Like those sort of things hold, I guess they hold the value longer and the trust longer. I'm just curious what would happen if I did start implementing, hey, like a weekly touch point or something with them, you know? Well, you're so that's probably because that's what you like to do. We tend yeah. to market the way we want to be marketed too. Instead of covering the bases of the different kinds of people who want to be marketed to, right? Right. So you are like a very direct to the point, like, you know, you've started the relationship. That's great. Like, let's just keep it right. But there are other people who need tons and tons of stories to feel connected to you. There are other people who need like every little detail, you know, every little question answered, right? Like to get to know you better. And there are some people who just, you know, they just need the consistency. They need to know you're going to be there over time. So there's different kinds of people they need different things for marketing. And what we tend to do is mail or market the way that we like to be marketed to. So I like the way you like in all honesty, but (laughs) I know that if I want to make more money and, you know, hit my business goals that I need to cater to more than just me. Cause I'm also very direct to the point. I mean, we could have a five minute conversation and be good and like great for a whole year. And I don't need to talk to you again. Right. Right. But, and then we, we meet up again. I get your name wrong. I get that you're not in Costa Rica and we're still friends. It's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy, right? <laughs> exactly. And like, that's how I like to function too. And it's funny because I lived, I, I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. Then I moved to the South then to Tennessee. Yeah. And I forgot to give myself an extra 20 minutes every time I walk into a store because everyone here likes to chit chat. They like to have these little nice conversations. Yeah. And I am not a nice conversation kind of girl. I want to know your life history. I want to know your problems. I want to solve them. Like we're going deep fast. If you're having a real conversation with me, I don't care about the weather. It's going to do what it's going to do. Right. I want to fix your life. (laughs) 
like yeah. real fast. So that's how I function. But you know, a lot of people don't. They need that nicety. They need that back and forth. They, they you know, they're different kinds of people. And so moving actually to Tennessee really helps me realize, like, oh yeah, I should do a little bit more of that friendly chit chat, that get to know you with my audience, so that they, you know, get to know me a little bit better. And you know, it's a little bit more southern friendly than Los Angeles ignoring you, <laughs> like <Right>. direct. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how many people are migrating to those states and they realize it because like we're in Idaho, it's that same way. People oh, are yeah. just so talkative. Sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, I have to go. And I'm I'm from Idaho and I, I sometimes see it that way. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. So it, and I would agree with you where it comes to like knowing your audience coming and that's that's just marketing 101. I just I have found that there is this just general air of shift in marketing. And I think people are starting to realize what actually works. And, and I think it also has to do with what the type of product you're selling. Cause like for us, my cheapest product is a $20,000 product or $21,000 product. And by product, I mean service. So it's like, we don't really have a cheap service available. And so it's not about the bulk, it's about the relationships. And so we do a lot of one-to-one interactions. You know, our sales team, their entire job is to like, be their friend, go golf with them, do whatever you want to do to, to be their friend and provide them real value. And then we can ask for the sale, right. Or ask for the upsell or whatever, where if you're selling, you know, like a $300 program or something, you need bulk and you need quick, fast, punchy mm-hmm. emails, things like that. And so, and you, you know, Monica, you've been in, on both sides of the coin at this point, you've done the done for, you've done the coaching course side. Has your marketing had to shift pretty dramatically for the yes. way you're offering your service? Yes. Done for you. My done for you agency is very referral relationship, right? This one-on-one conversations, like I make money by going into high level masterminds, going to the conferences, right? If I see you face-to-face, you know, that is gold for me, right? Whereas my $37 email marketing course, right? Like it needs bulk. It needs affiliates that are talking about me. It needs that because I'm a relationship person at heart too. So affiliates are great for me. And, you know, but that's why I'm starting a YouTube channel, right? Like it's like the mass marketing. And then it's also a very different audience, right? The conversation has to be longer. They have to understand more. You know, they don't really get email marketing the way the million dollar businesses do, right? right. And so, or the, you know, even $10 million businesses or, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. It's just a very different conversation. And I find that the people who want to spend less money honestly take a different kind of and longer amount of work to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would agree with that. We were having this conversation before. It's just, it's so interesting to see the way you have to market to people. Because I used to think that the only way to get in the door with hyper successful people was to, you know, show up to their place and ask them if we go to coffee. And I don't even drink coffee. So it's weird. So it just, that whole thing, it's to me, it was like, I just don't know if I can work with that group because you just kind of have this perception of who they are. But when I started interviewing people on my show, I'm like, wait, how much do you make? Right. Some of these people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a billionaire. I'm like, what? It was that easy to just invite you on my show. And that's where like our whole strategy came from was I'm like, well, that was way easier than having to get past your gatekeeper. Right. If I say, Hey, you want to come on my show? The gatekeeper's like on my team, rah, rah, cheering. Like, Hey, I just got you a PR opportunity. I'm so cool. You know, Um, you raised their status. Exactly. Yeah. Poked the status button is what I like to say, but (laughs) (laughs) yes, it's very powerful. (laughs) So it is, I'm just, it's always curious to me because I think email marketing is 100% 100% works for no matter what product, service, anything you're offer, you need to have that in your uh, your marketing tool belt. But it's so interesting to see where it fits in each of the products and services, you know? So I, I think it's cool that you've been able to see the whole spectrum, let alone all the companies you've helped do this along your way. So, you know, we are coming up to the end of the interview here. And I just want to kind of get a last couple 
good tips out of you because you've given us some really good actionable advice. But if you could give them like one good tip, they're like, hey, make sure that this is something you go do today to get a win. What would that be? Today to get a win, probably just send an email. <laughs> Honestly, like Wait, go write an email and hit send. <laughs> yeah, I love that. When and I would also pitch in there too. Make sure you do a good subject line. Leverage one of the subject lines that we talked about today. I I'm telling you, if you're in the B two B space, try quick question. You will get yes. you will get at least ten percent will open your email. So love it. Well, then Monica, when it comes to email marketing, you know, for a company who's doing a million dollars, they've already kind of got a, a pretty decent strategy in place. How can they level up their game in email marketing? Well, I think it depends again on who your audience is. So if you're trying to build more relationships, then make it more one-on-one, like put somebody on your team that is responsible for building relationships through email, like do Google alerts for that person's name and have somebody email them. Congratulations. If they got published or, Hey, I just listened to your latest podcast episode. It was really great. And this is exactly what I loved, right? Like keep stroking at somebody's ego and like helping them feel loved. That is the strategy. If you are going for, you know, the $20,000, the $30,000 clients, right? If you're going for mass market, right? You're trying to get tons of people, then up your game, right? Send more marketing messages with different angles and hooks. This is where you're testing out different ideas. And one of the angles and hooks that I like to use is just go up the um, awareness ladder, right? So there's people who know about your product, know about your service, right? And then there's the people who know that they want email marketing, but they don't know exactly how to do it, right? Then there's people that don't even know that email marketing really exists. I mean, I don't really know very many of those people that don't know how it exists, but like how it could work for them. Right. And then that is where there's so much, so much to do. It's like, oh, well, you could do this, 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 or this. And here are the different hooks and angles around that. Think of different audiences, think of all the things. And actually one of my, I have a lot of moms in my audience. And so I like to use Disney movies as hooks and angles. So like, Hey, here's what Moana's grandma can teach you about email marketing. And like, that does really well for me. Well then, I mean, I never asked this on my show, but who's your Disney princess? Because I was literally thinking about this when we first started talking. I'm like, you look like this princess, but I'm curious who you think you look like. Okay. You know, what's so funny is that I, I've worked for Disney three times. Um, oh, wow. And, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was actually like in college, I was a character. I was the main guy. I was Mickey Mouse because I'm oh, short. Nice. <laughs> I know. Right. So I guess That's not a princess. <laughs> I know, but like, I guess the princess that is probably my most favorite is, um, oh gosh, I don't know. That's such a hard question. I like them all. <laughs> You're like, we were talking marketing, Josh. I think I know, you look like you Snow White straight up. I'm like, you, oh, would be a, okay. you would be a Snow White. Yeah, um, no, I'm not Snow White though. I'm not going to live in the forest with seven random men and not. <laughs> anyway, seen, this is like total aside tangent. But have you seen those, uh, those memes of like the, it's like the honest truth about Disney movies where they like, like tell it from the frame of like what it actually is. Like my mom was killed in front of me along with all of my siblings and then I got kidnapped and my dad traveled. Yes. <laughs> it's finding Nemo. And they're like saying it's finding Nemo. I'm like, that is horrible. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I digress, yeah. but it's good marketing. It gets me every time. I'm like, I've got to read these because they make me laugh every time. I'm like that is awful <laughs> and hilarious. Okay. Anyways, back to marketing. I just want to ask you one final question just to kind of wrap this interview up, which is if you could give us one final parting piece of guidance, what would it be? Email more. I know it sounds generic, but simply emailing more will get your results faster. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you learned anything from this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with another entrepreneur it could help. Thanks again. And I'll catch you on the flip side.